0: Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf Kuf Yud Beis. Um, we're going to go from the middle of Kuf Yud Alephamud Beis, 111b. Today's shiz li'idu nishma, sri ben moshe. May his nishoma be a blessing. Okay, so yesterday we just mentioned, firstly, an important halacha of Rav Ghizda, and that is... As long as the owner has not had... Yayush, this is Rabchizda's opinion. We're going to have two other opinions and permutations on it. But Rabchizda holds, as long as the owner has not had yayush, it is as if the theft is still in his property. Therefore, if you have one person who steals it, and another person who comes and eats it, the Nigsaw can come and collect payment from either of them. Because they both... Took it again as long as it was before. Yayosh. Then we brought Rami Bar Rami Bar He holds that. I mean, he came along and he said, "Yerushus Yoresh And this triggers us. Uh, triggers a discussion of how do you view an heir? Do you view an heir as, a just stepping in where his father left off so he's not it's not a new jurisdiction or do you view an heir like, a, like the Kuchos, that they are a new rishos and the main ramifications would be if the owner had Yehosh if the owner had Yehosh and then the and then the midzal died so now this item is with his heirs, is that Shinu Rishos so there's been Yehosh Rami Barrahma agrees that there has to be Yayush, but he says that a lok that a e would count as Shinui Because an e is like a lo-kach, and that's how he learns our Mishnah, because our Mishnah says, bo achrayos, um, chayovim sorry wrong one. <laughs> If their father left it to them, he's exempt. There, the orphans are exempt from paying. So Rami Bar says it has to be a case that obviously the 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 victim gave up hope of getting it back. And secondly, you view Yorshim Now Rava comes along and he says, and this is the opinion that we're going to be going into into the depths. I'm just going to read it inside from here, but also quickly again, Rava, Rava says Rishus. I mean. The rishus of a Yoresh is not like the rishus of a lokaf. It's not a new rishus. You can't say there has been shin rishus. So what's the case here? Kesha ochrum where they consumed it. Aye, if they consumed it, then there's nothing. They didn't steal. Not like Rav Chizda holds that if the owner hasn't had yayush, that it's as if they did steal. According to him, they haven't. They haven't stolen themselves, and therefore, if the item is consumed, they don't have to pay back with what they're going to pay back with. And that's why the next line of the Gomorrah, I'm not going to go into it inside again, but there again, it's um, if they have land from their father, the land of their fathers became mishtabed, a uh, mortgage to pay back what the father stole, and therefore they will have to use that to pay now the gemara asks he says oh vahom, and this is where we'll go from properly um the last word of the line is matni. um so he says pardon just passed halfway down it says but didn't rebbe teach his son Mamosh." the mission is not referring to land Rather, what's it referring to? Parav a cow that they're playing with, or a donkey that is he's, he's leading. Chayovin up The heirs are obligated to return it out of respect for their father. What do we see? The Mishnah, when the Mishnah says they're obligated to pay their father, it's not saying use the land they inherit to pay their father. Sorry. um... If sorry, if the father left them something that had a you're obligated to pay. Rob explained that's where the father left them land; they're obligated to use the land to pay for their father's debt of theft. However, we see Rabbi clearly tells his son, and who compiled the Mishnah, Rebbe, that what the Mishnah is referring to is an item that is similar to. What do we mean by an item that's similar to Bar Christ? That's clear and distinct. I am just as a lad, you know, who lives in which house. And there's no real question about that. So too, some, and some adults then have that status. Your car, you know who drives, uh, especially the fancy cars. You know who drives the fancy car. You know which car people drive. So you always, so now if the father stole a car or a cow, and it's by the Yorshim, every time people see it, they're going to be like, I oh, remember the father must stole it from uh, the owner because you know whose it really was. So out of cover to their father, you have to return it. But again, you now you can't say like Rob, the Mishnah must be discussing where the item is in existence. Now again, Rob is difficult because then why, if the or- Yorshim inherit this item from their father, again, if the Yoroshim, yeah, we said if the Yoroshim inherit this item, they're exempt from paying. Why are they exempt from paying if it's still in existence? Again, Rava wanted to learn the Mishnahs where the item's not in existence and therefore they're exempt from paying. But if you're not prepared to come on to Rami Chama, who said that the Yoresh is like a calf, that he's actually a new Rishush, so there's Yehosh vishinu Rishush, Rava wasn't prepared to say that, so there's just Yayosh. So why would the why would the children be exempt from paying if the actual item is there? So that's where we start. So El Rava, rather Rava, has comes along and he says no. When I die, Rabbi Oisha is going to come accompany me. I am I have a I'm building up a. Because I answer the mission according to him. I have the great Tanner of He's actually the one who composed the Brices. He's going to come and greet me when I come up to Shemaim, because um, I've, uh, what's it? I've given him a good name, a good reputation. This is why the Tanny Rebbe Shaya taught: Hagayzel umachil es bonov paturi melashalom. If someone steals something and then he feeds it to his children, they are exempt from paying. Hiniyachli if naem If he leaves theft before them, sorry. yeah, if naem if he leaves it before them, gzeila kayem es If the item, the article that was stolen, is still intact, they are obligated to pay it back. Again, because like Robert says, there's no shinui Rishus. And there's only Yehosh. It says, it's If the Zayla is not in existence anymore, they are exempt. Why are they exempt? Because they didn't steal anything. Their father stole and he left it. They, um, yeah. Then it's says, Then it if the father left land they're obligated to use that to pay with so this would fit in very well with Robba and this is how Rava would tell you to learn the Mishnah again not like Rebbe says to learn the Mishnah but how Reb Shaya would tell you to learn the Mishnah um, ok now we're going to just go into this bracer a little bit more but we're going back on Rav Remember, Rab said that if the owners have if the owners have not had yayush, it's as if the item is still in his house. And we said the ramification of that is, if a third party comes and eats it, you go visit someone, you don't realize that item they stole, but you ate it. If the owner never had yayush, it's as if you yourself stole it, and therefore the nigdal can choose who he's collecting in. So now. Al said, Omamar, is paturin." He says, if the exile is not in existence, he's pot- This seems to be a rejection of Rabchizda. Because if you stole something and you consumed it, you still have to pay it back. The only case you're exempt was if, you, if the thief stole it and then you ate it because you didn't steal it. That's, and it's not in existence anymore, you wouldn't have to pay it back. But this, so it's a cash on Raphizdah it says, No Chizda, ki tanya na you have to learn that whole price as going on after Yash. Okay, so Rav has a way to learn the price Oma not now just back to that price It says, If the Gzailism is still in existence, you're obligated to pay it. to Rami This seems to be a rejection of Rami Bar-Chama. Because Rami Barchama chama firstly we're assuming that there is Yayush. So therefore, there's as, as we've just explained, Rav Christa says there is yayush. So you have to say the price is where there is yayush. Rami bar says that yorishim olalakelokayach, as opposed to just the same jurisdiction as the, the rishus as their father. So therefore, what you have yayush and shino rishus. So why should they be potur? So Amalech Rami Baruch Kitani Ahi, if he says no. You have to know that price says before yayush. Okay, so now we have a machlokes Rav Chizda and Rami Barhama. How do you learn that, Raisa? Is it before Yehosh, which is how Rami Bar would have to learn, or is it after Yehosh, which is how Rav would have to learn? Now Rashi just points out, the shinui shus um, below Yehosh, like kani. if you have shinui without Yehosh, it does not acquire, and therefore, after the death of their father, even if the exile is in existence, they potter, but again, because he does not hold for Rab Chisda. Because again, this is even before Yayush. Whereas Rab would hold if it, it's before Yayush, then it's as if they stole it themselves. Okay, Rab Adabar Ava Masni Lord Rami Bar Chama. Rab Adabar Ava taught Rami Bar Chama on the following teachings. again, we had Rami Bar Chama on the Mishnah. Again, if a father leaves stolen goods to his children, Rami Bar Chama says they're exempt. Because lo Lokah. Because Rashus Yosh and lo Lokaiath. The heirs are like buyers, either a new jurisdiction. Again, so therefore you have Yayosh and Shinurishus. That's Rami chama over there. But Rav Adabar Adabarava says no, he's going on the following following Mishnah. ribis. What happens if the father left over Ribis money? Now generally what you're supposed to do if again their father lent someone money and got paid back interest? What's the father supposed to do with that interest? He's supposed to pay it back, as we'll see a bit further down the page. So, even though they know it is ribis, they're not obligated to return it. We see from here that the rishus of a yoresh is like the rishus of a kach. Because again, there's yayush on the ribis, and there's shinu rishus. Rava says... That no, you actually have to say that the rishus yoreish is not like you, not, you, have, you don't have to say rishus yoreish is not like the rishus of the Oh, so then again, if you're telling me that the ribis that they inherited from their father is like it's the same rishus as their father, then what have they acquired it with? Why don't they have to pay it back? So Robert says no, the shani hakat ha'amakro al so me'oeso ne'eshef don't take for him, everyone points out, that that's, you have to read the next half of the pasuk, um, now I forgot the next half of the pasuk, um, he has to be able to live with you, that teaches us, we see, we learn in the, I think it's Baba Mitzia we learn that means you have to return the rebus. So there's this... What, how's Rava learning? Yeah. Really, they should not have to return it. Because... We'll discuss why they should not have to return it soon. Um, but the Torah tells him he must return it. Now the Torah is only speaking to the one who took the rebus, not to the Yorshim. I... Ribis is not returned as a monetary obligation. Again, if you steal, there's a monetary obligation to return. However, ribis, there isn't that same level of monetary obligation. Why not? But you both agreed to it. You both agreed to it. It was voluntary. He handed over the ribis uh, happily. <laughs> um, I did? No. Um, so therefore, the, but the Torah tells him, no, you have to return the ribis. So it's not a. It's a Xeris And therefore that's only going on the Father, not on the Yorushim. So that's why, Ravalov. Now we just point out, Ma'ad Damas The first opinion who taught her on the Braitha I that in the case of the theft we say, Roshus Yorash, Sorry, sorry. This is the Brisa, the what, Ribis. The one who taught it in regards to Ribis, how much more so he will say it on the Mishnah. If Rami Bar Chama doesn't need any special droshes here, he says it's because the Yoroshim are like a new so there's been Yesh Vashiro Rishus, that's why they don't have to pay. It's as if the article doesn't exist anymore. Well then, obviously he's going to say it on the Mishnah. Bar. Sorry, if he says it on the Mishnah, obviously he's going to say it on the Brisa. Sorry, sorry, I'm confused. Um, uh, no, I'm just uh, just getting. Here. I'm just getting confused. Which is the mission and the brisa? What we just learned um, is the brisa, the ribis. No matter. So sorry, let me just get this straight. Because I wrote to my notes the other way around. It says. Um, Yeah, the b'risa is ribis. So according to the one, this is just the opposite way that it's put in the Gemara. amanisin aval rami But according to the one who says that he taught it on the Mishnah, in the b'risa he might rami Barchama will agree to rova. I the the b'risa is the case of ribis and the Mishnah is our Mishnah where the where they inherited theft. If rami Barchama says his case on the b'risa. That even in the case of ribis, where again the person handed it over happily, and still Rami Chama says it's like a change of rashus, and, that, and that's why they get to keep it. How much more so he would say it in response to the Mishnah. But according to the one who Rami Chama says his halacha on the Mishnah, then that's specifically where we say a Yoresh is like a Lokeach. But here, Baribis, he will agree with Rava that, the, the, that they don't have to return it because the special drosha, like Rava, learned. So again, again, Baribis, there's grounds to be more lenient with the orphans not returning it because there's a special drosha that highlights the only reason they have to return it is because of who they're... Because Um, Sorry, by rebis, they don't have to return it because there's a drosha that it was given to their father willfully and there's a drosha on the father to return it, but they don't have to. Um, Whereas the mission is to do with Yerusha, that's that's where he would definitely say, Yayush, Yorushim, Olak, Okay, but now I just want to bring up this. Toptosis is very interesting. I'm not sure, I didn't get a chance to think through it carefully, how it stands in light of our conclusion. But at least with the initial question, um, Tosphus Ask a very strong question and they come out with an important uh, clarification in the principle of Yayush, y- of, of, of Ribis. He says, the Kerushus Lokartami, I feel love Khrushchev Lokhartami. He says, well, how can Rami Barhama learn from the case of Ribis that heirs are like a neurushus, they're like loikhin? He says, why? Afilu love Kirchus Lokartami. Even if you don't say it's like a rushus lok, I see Sharpi Dukturian, it makes sense to say that the air should be potu from paying back Ribis. Why? Kim um, to me data Llo Lishnu Tabe but Toris because since the father, since the borrower gave it to their father willfully, it's now in the hands of their father and now the Yerushim, as a, at most as a loan. Definitely not theft. And therefore, they shouldn't have to. Um, be to pay because you can't collect our loan from Yoroshim. So, Tossus is asking, basically, this, the premise that we had that we struggled with is that ribis is fundamentally different to theft. So, just because you say by theft there's a reason to say that the heirs should return it, and therefore by the fact that Al Mishnah says they don't, must be because the Yoroshim are like the Kuchos, and new Rishos. But by ribis you, don't, ribis, you don't have that. So now this is the point I wanted to bring out. from says, He says, No. You, have this, you could say that even though it was given over voluntarily, the Torah views it as if he's holding on to it by Torah's gazela. Because it was given over under mistaken premises. Why? Mistaken premise. Why? Because he didn't give it as a gift. He gave it as? ribis. And um. And therefore it says if the theft is still in existence. He their So he says, and therefore it says if the money is in existence, therefore the only reason the children should have to return it must be, you say, a is a is a But what's fascinating is that Torah, the Torah says, are pointing out, if you holding on to reverse. It's not like, you know, someone gave you something and maybe you shouldn't have asked for it, but they gave it to you willfully, etc. It's the Torah views it as if you're holding on to theft. That's how uh, that's how learn. Okay, let's carry on to the next point. We learned in Nebraska if someone steals and then he feeds his feeds it to his children, they're exempt from paying back. If it's left before them, if they're adults, they're obligated to pay. If they children, they're exempt from paying. Rashi straight away points out why well, should there be a difference between adults and children? must be like we're going to see later on in the dust, like Sumchus who holds that you can never actually sue children. So that's why they exempt if they're children. If the adults say, Well, we don't know that our father, the, the deals our father made with you, oh, we don't know that we're liable to pay, then they also exempt. So now look, what you say, they say we don't know what was going on they accept oh, someone comes to the estate and says your father stole from me, pay back and what, what did the children say? well we don't know what discussions took place between you and our father, we're not going to play that's enough grounds to get him off you have Bori, you have someone coming along very clearly and saying your father stole from us and you have the heir saying well we don't know if our father, what our Father discussed with you. That's not grounds to let them off. No, so This is what it's saying. No, we know the accounts. I mean, they were being rhetorical. Do we not know what's going on in our Father's affairs? We know the calculation and our accounts, what's going on with our Father, and you have nothing left by us. We know our Father resolved the issue. He paid you back or something like that. Um, and that's why they put to him. Rem- so they're not saying, well, we don't know. And therefore you saying, okay, so this guy's definite and you don't know, so we're going to let you off. No, they're saying we know. And that's why they get uh, let off. Okay, Tanya another bright If someone steals... And then feeds it to his children. They are exempt from paying. But if he leaves it to them as Yerusha and they consume it. Whether you're talking about adults or whether you're talking about children. They are chayev. Now the Gemara is going to ask Besides for that we've seen two opinions. Both Rabbi Gizda and Rami bar Chama, That we could learn that they potur. To resolve the Gomorrah is going to ask another question on Kitani Mima Chaibe, Loya Why should the children be liable? It's at worst, it's like they damaged. I, their father stole a loaf of bread and they went and ate it. They're not thieves. What that they, they, they've damaged the bread. And we learned earlier in the Mesekah what happens if children cause damage? Bad luck. It's unfortunate. So, I know this is what it's saying. So If you left it before them and they still had not eaten it, Whether they adults or whether they children, they are liable to pay. I, the novelty of this is that even Ketanim are liable to pay if the Atom is still in existence. Omar Rova Rova said... What happens if their father left a cow that he had borrowed? We're not talking about theft, we're talking about borrowed. So they can use it for the whole term of borrowing. Uh, Their father borrowed it for a month, he died after 15 days. They can carry carry on using it for... 15 days, for another 15 days. Mesa, what happens if it, it now does? Ein Chayobim said they're not responsible for the Oynes. Why? Because very interestingly, even though they're allowed to use it, they never ever spoke to this. Sh- when someone borrows, generally you're liable for everything if you borrow, even for Oynes. But they never ever made that agreement with this guy. Or they, they just, they found it in their father's property and they started amongst their father's assets and they started using it. Even if they know it was borrowed, they never accepted the responsibility. Um, just interesting, the Rosh adds, however, obviously the borrower can go and speak to him. says, I hear your father's guard He has this cow that I've lent to him. If you want to carry on using it, accept responsibility for it. The Rosh holds the father can do that. So this case then, according to the Rosh, is where he just left it with them. So therefore they never, they were allowed to continue using it because the lender never said anything. Uh, so they're allowed to continue using the cow. And they're not liable for answer because they never accepted it. What happens if they thought it was their father's cow and they shechted it and ate it? So they pay the price of cheap meat. I'll come back to why cheap meat. But they not you can't hold them accountable for... Killing borrowed property when they didn't know it was kill, Killing borrowed property says, However if the father left them Land They're obligated to pay Now just before we go any further Firstly I mean there are a few Interesting points here one is that um, Firstly they never accepted The Bos of the You work out what's the cheapest that meat would cost we basically say if they were going, they would not necessarily have bought the cow to eat they would not necessarily have bought meat, it's very expensive but they had it here ready so they ate it, so what's the cheapest, if they saw meat for a certain price, what would that be, oh that's a deal I can't turn down, so they're walking through Moishi's and they see a label on the burgers what price, normally burgers are, I don't know Uh, 50 rand uh, for four, whatever it is, and now what price would they see on the burgers that they're like, we don't normally get, we can't afford it, but we'll definitely go for it. That's the price we're discussing, and that's, again, because they um, they they didn't, uh, they don't have to pay the full value um, because they uh, didn't know. And now we say that we then add on, if their father had property they have to return it. Now there's two is this that, is it going on where they borrowed it and it died if their father had property they have to return it or is it going on the safer if they sheffed it and ate it but their father let them land, they have to return it. So, so some teach it on the ratio I, this that if it died they are not high for one sin Rovers come and qualified by saying that's where there's no land, but if their father left them land, then they would be obligated to pay. And Rashi points out this is because Rava holds. Now this is going to be a key point in the going ahead in the discussion and working out whether it's arguing on Rapa or not. But Rashi hold, Rashi points out Rava holds. At what point is the someone who borrows a cow liable for it? Do we say he's only liable for it if something happens? or do we say? No, as soon as you borrow, you're accepting liability that either I'm going to return you this cow or or you can collect from my assets. So Rafa holds with the latter that as soon as he borrows it, he's accepting upon himself, he's mortgaging his land to the borrowed item. So therefore now it makes sense, okay? The father borrowed this cow and then he left it to his, and then he died. So the Yerushim are not responsible for the Oinsim, because they never accepted it upon themselves. However, if their father left land, well, that land became mortgaged to pay back for the cow from while their father was still alive. So he says, But some teach it on the safer. Again, the safer was if they consumed it already, um, and they're obligated to pay the cheap meat. So Rob is saying that if they inherited land, then they are higher for the full value, as they filling them their father's place. They, they, th- their father borrowed it. they continuing using it as borrowers. So they're obligated to pay when they shecht and eat it. Sorry, to pay with their father's land when they shecht and eat it because they're just carrying on where their father left off. Now, ma'ad the nilu culture kol shekena sefer. The one who learns it in regards to the raisha, how much more so in the safer. Since they hive if the animal died by itself, how much more so are they going to be liable if they... If they, if they actually shafted the animal themselves, it says the Rav Popa, and then we're arguing on Rav Papa. Rav Papa is the one who argues on Rava. Rava is the one who came and had to introduce. Well, go by this concept that you view the, his, the land is mortgaged to the borrowed item from the moment the loan, it was borrowed. Whereas Rav Papa holds, no, it's only from the moment that it dies. So therefore, the father's property was never mortgaged to the cow that was borrowed. And therefore, when it dies now in the hands of the Yoshin, they don't have to use the father's property to pay for it. According to the version that um, this point is going on the Sefer, but not on the Reisha, only where the children actually sheltered it themselves are they obligated to use their father's land to pay for it. Behind it, Rav Popper, that's like Rav Popper. Because there they're filling the father's place by and actively killing it. To be honest, I'm a little bit, it's not 100% clear to me. Um, okay, so not too problematic and not 100% clear. We'll look at, I mean, look at the length of Rashi. That's um, the whole, but and look on the other side, you'll see Rashi, it's the whole bottom half of the page discussing this. Uh, It's actually also the next point. There's a lot of Rashi. But, um, basically, (laughs) The the obligation to pay for Ointzin only takes effect when Oines happens out of their control. We say a, a borrower is not only liable if he's careless and it gets lost or stolen, he's even liable if there's just about nothing he could do. Except for very few scenarios. But basically, even if there's nothing you can do, you're still liable to replace it. When does that obligation kick in? So, according to this version, it only kicks in. When it does, then he's obligated to. When it's, this own sin happens, then he's obligated to replace it. But so here, when the ones happens, the is no longer in existence because the father's no longer in the picture. It's the orphans. And they never ever accepted upon themselves anything. And therefore, this fits in with Rav Papa, and we're now going to bring, um, how we see, this Rav Papa. Cheers. But but what's not so clear to me is just that, um, even though they shifted it, why should they be liable? I guess we could say because they destroying someone else's property. And Maybe that's why. If it dies by itself, okay, that falls under. It's a borrowed item. Are the heirs responsible to use their father's property to pay for the borrowed the item their father borrowed? No. But if they actually shaft it, well then they've actively damaged it and therefore they're liable. That's how I would um, learn it, now that I think about it. Okay, now we're going to see the Rav Popa. says, The Omra of Popa. Rav Popa says, hoyso If someone had a cow that he had stolen. So he stole it on Friday. And then he shechts it on Shabbos. Chayab, his label. What's he label for? The four or five fold. Yeah, it's a part five fa- times like he said. Shekfar, hoyso big nevo, kodem sheyav, Chayab, big nevo, kodem sheyav, lidei ish to Shabbos. Because he was already liable for the theft either Karen and the Kepel, on Friday, before he transgressed Shabbos. Again, if he transgresses the theft and the, and the Shabbos at the same time, then we say, come, you know, he's only liable for Misa for Shabbos. But here he had already transgressed, stolen. Oh, what about, why should he be liable to the fivefold payment? Isn't that being incurred at the same time as the Isus Shabbos? No, because he actually started the process on Friday. I don't know. That's how could be. So Rashi, Rashi, I'm not saying that's wrong, but Rashi gives a different answer. Rashi explains it's a knas, okay. and knas has a different status. It's not a monetary payment in place where he's being, where he's okay. also incurring debt. It's a knas, and a knas, we don't have that principle, so it would be high. Now, hoyso porash ule lo v'tomchah potur. If the cow, if he had borrowed the cow And he slaughters it on Shabbos He's exempt from paying back the cow Because Shabbos and Gneba The Shabbos and Shecht in the cow Come at the same time Oh, so this is the answer When the orphans Shecht the cow It's as if they stole it Okay, but the important point for us Is what do we see if Papa holds? When do, they, when do you incur liability for For a borrowed item? When it's inadverted comma's been stolen, when the in, when you're no longer going to give the item back, that's when you incur responsibility. So that's what we're saying. When the orphans incur the responsibility, is they don't have to use their father's land to pay it back. Am Torah Next point. You must return the lost, the stolen item which you stole. Why does it have to specify which you stole? You must return it as you stole. Therefore, from here they said If someone steals and feeds it to their son, to their children, they're exempt from paying. The children are exempt from paying because they. There's nothing to return as is. However, if you left it before them, whether they children or, or adults, they're obligated. Now again, why should they be obligated? In the name of Sumchus, they said, We'll see why Sumchus are different. But again, if the father left it to them, then either you can learn like Rami bar it's before Yayush, or you can even learn like Rava that it's after Yayush. But the item is still there and they're obligated to return it because it's there in existence. And where Sumcha says there's a difference between an adult and a child, but we'll see that shortly. Bar- Bar-Chama wa a Torah the son of the father-in-law of Rebbe slammed the door in the face to Rebbe of Rebbe Yirmiya. basically explains. Rebbe was coming claiming that, you know, this house you're living in, your, my father-in-law, your father, so he's dealing with his brother-in-law, your, oh, my, um, your father gave it to me, sold it to me. When the child slams the door in his face, there's not a chance, it's mine, I'm keeping it. He did not. So, Rabbi he came before Rabbi Yami and Omru Sheloihu Toveya says, uh, Well, he's claiming his own item. Rabbi there's nothing you can do. He's claiming. He says, says, I'll bring a chazoka, I'll bring witnesses that I have a chazoka. I'll bring witnesses. don't want to go into the discussion of chazoka now. I'll bring witnesses that, it's that show that I lived in it as the owner, and the father in law never. Complain, so it proves that I'm the owner. I, I can't... I've lost the title deed, but I can prove that I've been living in it like the owner. It says, You can't accept Aiden when it's not before the Baldin And a katan is as if he's always a not there. Ah, you can only accept... I can only... Basically what you're saying, I can only accept Aydin to sue... to sue this katan for his things... to, to sue for this house... If the baldin, the defendant, is there. Being a child, it's as if he's not there, therefore, I'm sorry, Rabbi, Rabbi you're stuck. You can't. It won't help to bring aid in. It says, But what do you mean? You can never sue Katanim. We just torture in a so that whether they children, whether they're adults or whether they're children, they're obligated to pay. So, are He says, Yeah, well, you now on other sides of Sumchus, Machloikes. Sumchus says Katanim can't pay, and I'm going like Sumchus. And yeah, you're right. The other opinion says Katanim can do. Says Omer Yiflul Kuli Alma V'Koyv Sumchas. Lafuke L'Didi. So what, all of a sudden, the whole world switched teams and now go like Sumchus. Is it just to take money from me? He's, uh, he's like, what do you mean? You, so why are you going like Sumchus? What about all the other opinions? So Adahachi Igalgel milsa asa umatelekamid Rabbi In the interim, this matter reached Rabbi Omar and he said, "Have you not, Omar Have you not heard for this teaching that Rabbi Yosef bar said name of Rebboshaya?" To Amr Yose bar Chama, Amr If a children gathers his slaves and he goes to his friend and his field and he basically tries to take it by force, that's what he's done with his slaves, and he says it's my field you don't say leave the child there until he grows up you extract it from the child immediately and then when he's older he'll bring aid him and we'll look into it so what do we see? you can extract property from a child and resolve it properly when they are an adult so look Chazoka d'Avuah. There, they take it from him because he doesn't have the chazaka of it being his father's. I, this orphan's acting out of the chazaka. He's coming onto this guy's property and kicking him off, saying it's my property. However, in our case, Aval d'Avuah law In the case of Rabbi Yirmiya, the child has a chazaka from his father he has good grounds to be there, and therefore we can't kick him off. Okay, that's the point. Now again, along similar lines, but a new point, Omar Omar Shabtai. Rabashi said in the name of Reb You can accept Aidim when the defendant's not there. Tohi Rabbi Yohanan was very bewildered. Can you accept Aidim before a Baldin? Now this is quite interesting, that just the people involved in this discussion are interesting. Ravashi, at least the Ravashi that we know lived, is the last of the Amorayim. He's in about the year 500. Rabbi Yochanan is from the first generation of Amorayim. In some ways he even learned by the Tanayim. So he's uh, 300 years before that. So how can you have Ravashi coming and saying something... Mekabeli ma'adim shelobi v'nei baldin and Rabbi Yochanan responding. So that's why some changed the Girsa to Rabbi Asi, or some say it must be a different ravashi. But yeah, that's just interesting and from a historical and the, the, y'all yeah, could this discussion have ever taken place? It says okay, kiblu minay Rabbi Yosi baldin, kiblu minay Rabbi Yosi uh, Rabyosi Bar Khanina received uh, a way to explain this. The defendant was sick. Or the Aidim were sick. Or the Aidim were going overseas. The so of they sent for the defendant and he didn't come, or he couldn't come. That's where you accept Aidim Shaloi Bafanov. And that makes sense. Why? Because this guy needs to resolve the issue. If it's not resolved now, while there these ADIM around, what's going to happen? The guy's going to get to keep it, and he's no longer going to have aid him to prove it. So therefore, even if the baal the defendant is not coming to court. In this case, you can judge him. You can judge with. You can accept the him, judge against him without him. Says, Omar, Rabbi Yehuda, Omar Shmuel, we cut him, Aidim, Shalabi, if Nebah al Din. Rabbi Yehuda says, Name Oshmuel, you can accept Aidim when the defendant is not there. Omar Marukfa, Lididim, a foreshadim, he named Oshmuel. Marukfa said, It was explained to me in the name of Shmuel. Oshmuel explained to me, he could to Pothole Bidine. This is where they already opened the case. The Sholchule, and they sent to the defendant, For and he didn't come. If they hadn't already opened the case, you know, what, I actually want to go to the um, I'm not uh, I'm not uh, getting involved in a court case here I want to go to the San- ha- the high ha- court Well then even if they already started the court case either Gao went and he brought his adim, and then they summoned him to court they've already opened the Open the case, why can't he say, I don't want to be judged here, I want to go to the high court? So, Omar Ravina knock de disc where he has a, di- a, di- a disc from the Bezi The disc is, is a document from the Bezi Nagodal saying, We want this court to judge it. I, they're on the ground, they know what's going on, we want them to judge it. Once they've opened that case, then this guy can't come along and say, No, I'd rather go to the Bezi Nagodal. So he says, Okay, Omar a- Rav. Just to clarify, but I'm not going to do it now, is is a small list that, that opened the court case is where um, you can judge before the defendant is not necessarily arguing Rav who says that if the if the adim can't come to court or the defendant can't come to court, then we open it in. I'll just say that because there, here it could be even where the defendant could come. If he refuses to, or if they've already opened the court case and he's not coming, then they can open it. In the above case, it's where the ADM are going to disappear or the defendant's going to disappear and it's going to be harder to judge the case. There, you can judge without it. You don't have to have opened the case to start the judgment. It's just, you know, only, uh, women, only one person being it's like a case. Because normally has got to be both. Well, oh, so the plaintiff, the, the claim, the guy suing in court, he has to be there. He's the one taking, going to court. Cheers, have a good day. He's the one going to court and taking them to court, so he has to be there. The the question is on the defendant. So the standard is that the defendant has to be there. Basically can't go through the procedure when he's not there. Um, no, can't without both being there. No, because what I think happens is the guy goes to court. He said He goes to the and he says uh, Rubain's stolen from me Rubain's borrowed money and he's not returning whatever I want to open the case and they won't accept any testimony or anything but then they will summons the defendant so I think you can open the case without him being there without aid him. otherwise what's going to get into court? Yeah. you got to have the case with him no but so you but you open the case yeah. and then you and then in summons him it says Omar m- m- You can verify mm-hmm. This is the whole din of Qum staros. Rabbi says you cannot verify Star if the din is not there. So, I want to. I have a loan document. I'm worried that the ADIM signed on it, they're going overseas or something, so I want to verify them I and you get the three judges to verify the signatures or someone else to verify the signature before and then they verify the document. So, Remy um, O'Connor says you can't do that unless he's the Omelette Chase, Remy Baravu, Rabsheisha says to Rabbi Yosi Baravu, Rabbi I'll explain to you the reason behind Rabbi Yochman. On my crotch, the pasuk says, You warned the owners and they weren't there. This is in the case of the Shomuad, but basically you always have to warn the owners. You have to warn the owner. This guy's a, verifying a star that's going against you. So, Om Retorah, Yavu Shor, Al Sorry, that pasuk is the owner of the ox will come and stand by his ox. Either owner has to be there, the person being affected. And that we extend from a shormuah to all cases. Okay, but now Omar Robert heels the Makamisha Shah Shalobi if Robert says the haloch is you can verify star even when the Baal Din is not there. And even stronger, even if he's standing and shouting. Uh, you have this guy standing and shouting says, That document you're verifying against me, I that I owe money, is forged. Don't verify it, don't verify it. So he's standing there shouting that. Too bad they can still verify it. Of the Omar. However, if he's proactive and he says, You know what, give, mo- give me a little bit of time to get my witnesses and um, and disqualify the star, we give him the time. I say, if he's just shouting, It's a forgery, it's a forgery, Bayes then will go ahead and verify it. However, I mean, if he says, You know not, I can prove it, give me a week to get to contact or whatever. Whatever, then uh, give me time to contact Adim, then we do give him the time. We we're gonna see a bit later how long we would give him, etc. So asa. Mm-hmm. If he comes and he brings Adim, then he's come. Very good. asa. what happens if he doesn't come? So we give him a Monday, a Thursday and a Monday. I like a week and a half to come back. The ilo asa tishinyomim. And if he still, and if he doesn't come within that time, again, he said, give me time to get witnesses, and, I come, and he hasn't come, then we excommunicate him for 90 days. So now, this is all before we allow the, the meal there, or the person who's owed the money, to go and attach his property. Again, you go to the lover and you want the borrower, and you want him to pay, him, and he says, you know, give me time to disqualify that shtar. So he said, you give him 90 days before the milv is allowed to go and take land. That's, and we're going to explain now. We don't... We, the first 30 days, we're not going to put him in Kherem because maybe he's saying, you know what, I'm trying to borrow other money to pay back my loan. It says, Sorry, so you're not allowed to attach the assets. But you're not allowed to attach that. The next 30 days, we don't allow the borrower to extract the money because he could say, look, I didn't find anyone who would lend me money. As you can see, I'm quite a difficult person. (laughs) I'm struggling to back back my one loan. No one would lend me money. So I've been trying to sell off my assets to raise the funds. Therefore, you can't take his land yet. He says, uh, um, he, And then the last 30 days, from day 60 to 90, or 61 to 90, you also can't let him attach assets because he says, I found someone to buy my property. They're just trying to raise the funds. It's like when you put in an offer for, the home, for, your, for a home, and then you go to the bank and you've got to get your loan. So you have like a time you say, I'm buying your house, on condition I'm able to secure the funds within a month or however long it is. And that's here. And then if he doesn't come, you write a document that he can seize his assets. So he gets, and that's why he gets 90 days before he seize his assets this is all where he said I'll come to court what happens he says I refuse to come to court immediately you write this document and this is all again with a loan where he borrowed money and now he has to pay it back that's where we give him 90 days. With the deposit, where I mean, he should have the actual item in existence. We write that he can extract it um, immediately. We only write this, this on land and not on metallin. Why? Because maybe the lender will consume the metaltalim. And when the Loiv um, when the Loiv comes and proves that the Star was false, there's nothing for him to collect. Uh, if you allow the Milve to take land, well, then that land will still be there yeah, if he proves it, so, so he can get it back if he proves the, the loan document to be false. But if it was. Yeah. Uh, it says. But if the Milve has his own land, then you can write it. It says, and that's not the halofa. You don't write an adraht on a mataltele, even if the has land, because we that, the, the, sorry, even if the lender has land, because we're concerned it will go cheaper. And let's say the, lo- the loan is for 2 million, and there is land for 2 million, what happens if that land goes down to 1.5 million? Then the loiver proves that it was a false star and now he's only able to collect 1, 000, 1.5 million. That's not fair. Again, if it's his land, it's not a problem, because his land's worth 2 million, and that's confiscated and given to the mill there. So whatever it is, he'll get his land back if he proves the star wrong, so that's why. So the key Ley, You do have to give the borrower warning that you've written the Adrachta. Bahani the that's where the borrower is close enough that you can give him warning. but if he's far away, you don't have to give him warning. I don't remember why do you have to give him warning? I don't remember. Okay. It says, um, the, however, even if the loiver is far away, the ika crowvim and he has relatives who would go visit him. Awesome, or there's wagons that would uh, caravans, uh groups of people that travel to that faraway place. Then Mashinalay trace Yarchai Shah you give him twelve months at the Ozlivais Shayosa, time for the caravan to go and come back. Kihoda Ravvina Shoholmaracha trace Yarche Shossa at the Ozlivais Shayu Sherusami Baikosai. Like we saw Ravina wait waited wait this twelve months for Rab Acha to be warned. Velohi but that's not true. Hasam There, the reason we waited a year was because they were powerful people. If you would give them that drachta, you'd never be able to get it back from them. So therefore, you want to delay giving them that drachta. It says But here we're not going to make the milveh wait that long how long you give the shliak based in that he would leave let's say on tuesday come back on wednesday and sit in court on thursday that's how long we give if if that can be if the lawyer can be notified within that time then you give him the notification that you're putting out this document to seize his assets but if you can't be told in that time you wouldn't again unless it's the sort of person that you're trying to you're reluctant to give him that draft because it's going to be very difficult to get it back from him if you, if Bezdin, see reason to change. Um, uh, no. This Shliach is believed like two witnesses. Ahani Leshamta, that's regarding putting the Loiva in Chayrem, Avalapsicha. But in regards to um, this, uh, his service fees, you're making him pay for the fees. Since you're going to cause him a loss of money because you want him to pay for the scrub, you can't just um, rely on the Shdeach Bezdin. You need two witnesses to it. Okay, and we'll leave it there for today. Okay, good morning. Today's daf is staff Chokufyut Bez. Um we're going to go from the middle of Kuf Yud Aleph Amud Beis, 111 B. Um, today Shiz is Li'idu Nishmas, Zvi Moshe. May his neshama have an alien, be a blessing. Okay, so yesterday we just mentioned, firstly, an important halacha of Rav Chizda, And that is, as long as the owner has not had, yet, this is Rav Chizda's opinion, we're going to have Two other opinions and permutations on it. But Rab Chisda holds as long as the owner has not had Yayush, it says if the theft is still in his property, therefore if you have one person who steals it and another person who comes and eats it, the Nigzal can come and collect payment from either of them because they both took it again as long as it was before, Yayush. Then we brought Rami Bar Rami Bar he holds that, I mean, he came along and he said, and this triggers, us, uh, triggers a discussion of how do you view an heir? Do you view an heir as a, just stepping in where his father left off, so he's not, it's not a new jurisdiction, or do you view an heir like a Lekuchos, like the that they are a new rishus? And the main ramifications would be, if the Oda had Yehosh, if the owner had Yayush and then the and then the Midzal died, so now this item is with his heirs, is that Shinui Rishus? So there's been Yayosh. Rami barhama agrees that there has to be yayosh, but he says that a look that a air would count as Shinui Rishus. Because an air is like a and that's how he learns our Mishnah, because our Mishnah says. Um, sorry, wrong one. If their father left it to them, he's exempt. There, the orphans are exempt from paying. So Rami Bar Chama says it has to be a case that obviously the 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 victim gave up hope of getting it back, and secondly, you view Yor Shemesh now. Ravah comes along and he says, and this is the opinion that we're going to be going into into the depths, I'm just going to read it inside from here, but also quickly again, Ravah. Oh, my robber says, Rishus, Yoresh, Lavke, Rishus, Lokach, I mean The Rishus of a Yoresh is not like the Rishus of a Lokach. It's not a new Rishus. You can't say there has been Shinu Rishus. Of a Hachabamai, Sginan, so what's the case here? Kesha Ochlum, where they consumed it. I, if they consumed it, then there's nothing. They didn't steal. Not like Rav Gizda holds that if the owner hasn't had Yehosh, that it's as if they did steal the quantity. And they, haven't, they haven't stolen themselves. And therefore, if the item is consumed, they don't have to pay back, because what are they going to pay back with? And that's why the next line of the Gemara. I'm not going to go into it inside again, but there again, it's, um, if they have land from their father, the land of their fathers became Mishtabedum. A mortgage to pay back what the father stole and therefore they will have to use that to pay now the gemara asks he says oh, ah and this is where we'll go from properly um the last word of the line is matni um so he says pardon just passed halfway down it says but didn't rebbe teach his son rebbe the Mishnah is not referring to land rather, what's it referring to? A cow that they're playing with or a donkey that he's leading The heirs are obligated to return it out of respect for their father what do we see? The Mishnah when the Mishnah says they obligated to pay their father, it's not saying use the land they inherit to pay their father. Sorry, um, if sorry, if the father left them something that had a you or she obligated to pay, Rob explained that's where the father left them land, they're obligated to use the land to pay for their father's debt of theft. However, we see Rebbe clearly tells his son and who compiled the Mishnah Rebbe that what the Mishnah is referring to is an Atom that is similar to Yesh Ba'chiris. What do we mean by an Atom that's similar to Yesh Ba'chiris? That's clear and distinct. I am just as a lad you know, who lives in which house and there's no real question about that. So to some and some adults then have that status. Your car, you know who drives, uh, especially the fancy cars, you know who drives the fancy car, you know which car people drive. So you always, so now if the father stole a car or a cow and it's by the Yorushim, every time people see it, they're going to be like, I oh, remember the father must stole it from uh, the owner because you know whose it really was. So out of cover to their father, you have to return it. But again, you, now you can't say like Rob. The Mishnah must be discussing where the Atom is in existence. Now again, Rob is difficult. Because then why, if the Yor-Shim inherit this Atom from their father? Again, if the yor We said if the Yor-Shim inherit this Atom, they exempt from paying... Why are they exempt from paying if it's still in existence? Again, Rova wanted to learn the Mishnahs where the Atom's not in existence and therefore they're exempt from paying. But, if you're not prepared to come on to Rami Barchama who said that the Yoresh is like a lochach, that is actually a new Rishus, so there's Yayosh Vishinu in Rishus, Rova wasn't prepared to say that. So there's just Yehosh. So why would the... Why would the children be exempt from paying if the actual item is there? So that's where we start. So El Amarovah, the Rada Rova has comes along and he says, no. When I die, Rebi, Oishi is going to come accompany me. I am I have a, I'm building up a, 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 a... Because I answer the mission according to him. I have the great Taner of He's actually the one who composed the Braces. He's going to come and greet me when I come up to Shamaim because um, I've, uh, what's it? I've given him a good name, a good reputation. This is why I taught. If someone steals something and then he feeds it to his children, they're exempt from pain. If he leaves theft before them, sorry, if he leaves it before them, if the, item, the article that was stolen is still intact, they're obligated to pay it back. Again, because like Rover says, there's no shinui Reshus. And there's only Yash. It says, If the Zela is not in existence anymore, they are exempt. Why are they exempt? Because they didn't steal anything. Their father stole and he left it. They, um, yeah, then it says, If the father left land, they're obligated to use that to pay with. So this would fit in very well with Robber, and this is how Rava would tell you to learn the Mishnah. Again, not like Rebbe says to learn the Mishnah, but how Reb Hoshiah would tell you to learn the Mishnah. Um, Okay, now we're going to just go into this bracer a little bit more. But we're going back on Rabbi Remember, Rabbi said that if the, owners have, if the owners have not had Yayush, it's as if the item is still in his house. And we said the ramification of that is that if the third party comes and eats it. You go visit someone. You don't realize that item they stole, but you ate it. If the owner never had to, it's as if you yourself stole it, and therefore the nigzal can choose who he's collecting in. So, now, Albrecht has said, Om-am-ar, He says, if the is not in existence, he's to this seems to be a rejection of Rav Because if you stole something and you consumed it, you still have to pay back. The only case you're exempt was if the thief stole it and then you ate it because you didn't steal it, and it's not in existence anymore, you wouldn't have to pay it back. But this, so it's a cash on Raphizdah it says, No, Chizda, ki tanya hi na you have to learn that whole price as going on after Yash. Okay, so Raphizhda has a way to learn the price Amar, now just back to that price It says, If the Ghzaelism is still in existence, you're obligated to pay it. Name it to This seems to be a rejection of Rami Chama Because Rami bar Chama. firstly we're assuming that there is Yayush. So therefore there's, as, as we've just explained, Rav says there is yayush. So you have to say the prices where there is yayush. Rami bar says that Yorushim Allah as opposed to just the same jurisdiction as the, the Rishus as their father. So therefore what? You have yayush and Shinu. Rishus. So why should they be potur? So he says no, you have to learn that brayzer before Yahush. Okay, so now we have a machloekes Rav and Rami Bar How do you learn that price? Is it before Yahush? which is how Rami Bar would have to learn, or is it after Yaish, which is how Rav would have to learn? Now Rashi just points out the shinui. Um, if you have shinur Rishus without Yehosh, it does not acquire. And therefore, after the death of their father, even if the exile is in existence, they potter. But again, because he does not hold for Abkhizda. Because again, this is even before Yahush. Whereas Reb Chizkiyah would hold it as before, Yehosh then it's as if they stole it themselves. Okay, okay. Rav Arabar Abba asked Lord, Rami Bar Chama. Rav Arabar Abba taught Rav Rami Bar on the following teachings. Okay, we had Rami Bar Chama on the Mishnah. Again, if a father leaves stolen goods to his children, Rami Bar Chama says they're exempt because Reshus Lo because Reshus Yorishin Per Reshus Lo the heirs are like Buyers either a new jurisdiction. Again, so therefore you have Yehosh and Shinarishosh. That's Rami bar over there. But Rav, Rav Adabar Abba says, no, he's going on the following, Braitha, following Mishnah. in ribis. What happens if the father left over ribis money? Now generally what you're supposed to do if, again, their father lent someone money and got paid back interest. What's the father supposed to do with that interest? He's supposed to pay it back. As we'll see a bit further down the page. Even though they know it is ribbis, they're not obligated to return it. We see from here that the Rushus of Yoresh is like the Rushus of rova, Because again, there's Yayush on the Ribis. And there's Shinu Rashus. Rova says that. No, you actually have to say that the Rishus Yoresh is not like... you, not, you, have, you don't have to say Rishus Yoresh is not like the Rishus of Kah. Oh, so then, again, if you're telling me that the ribis that they inherited from their father is like, it's the same Rishus as their father, then what have they acquired it with? Why don't they have to pay it back? So, Romans says, no, the don't take for him, everyone points out, that you have to read the next half of the Pasuk, Um, now I forgot the next half of the Pasuk, Um, he has to be able to live with you, that teaches us, we see, we learn in the, I think it's Baba Metzir we learn that means you have to return the rebus. So there's this... What, how's Rover learning? Yeah. Really, they should not have to return it. Because... We'll discuss why they should not have to return it soon. Um, but the Torah tells him he must return it. Now, the Torah is only speaking to the one who took the rebus, not to the Yorshim. I... Ribis is not returned as a monetary obligation. Again, if you steal, there's a monetary obligation to return. However, ribis, there isn't that same level of monetary obligation. Why not? Because you both agreed to it. You both agreed to it. It was voluntary. He handed over the ribis uh, happily. (laughs) (laughs) I did. No. Um, So so therefore, but the Torah tells him, no, you have to return the ribis. So it's not a, it's a Xeris and therefore that's only going on the father, not on the yorshim. So that's why Rava. Now we just point out, ma'ademasnilo, a The first opinion who taught her on the preisah, I that in the case of the theft we say rishus yorish, k'rishus lokayach. Sorry, sorry. This is the Brisa, the what, Ribis. The one who taught it in regards to Ribis, how much more so he will say it on the Mishnah. If Rami Bar Chama doesn't need any special droshes here, he says it's because the Yoroshim are like a new Rishus, so there's been yesh Vashiro Rishus, that's why they don't have to pay. It's as if the article doesn't exist anymore. Well then, obviously he's going to say it on the Mishnah bar... Sorry, if he says it on the Mishnah, obviously he's going to say it on the Brisa. Sorry, sorry, I'm confused. Um... Uh, no, I'm just uh, just getting. Here. I'm just getting confused. Which is the Mishnah and the brisa? What we just learned um, is the brisa, the ribis. No, mind so Sorry, let me just get this straight. Because I wrote my notes the other way around. It says. Um, Yeah, the b'risa is ribis. So according to the one, this is just the opposite way that it's put in the Gemara. aval rami barchama But according to the one who says that he taught it on the Mishnah, in the b'risa he might rami barchama will agree to rova. I the the is the case of ribis, and the Mishnah is our Mishnah where the where they inherited theft. If rami barchama says his case on the b'risa. That even in the case of ribis, where again the person handed it over happily, and still Rami Chama says it's like a change of reshus, and, that, and that's why they get to keep it. How much more so he would say in response to the Mishnah. But according to the one who Rami Chama says his halacha on the Mishnah, then that's specifically where we say a Yoresh is like a Lokeach. But here, Baribis, he will agree with Rava that, the, the, that they don't have to return it because the special drosha, like Rava learned. So again, again Baribis, there's grounds to be more lenient with the orphans not returning it because there's a special drosha that highlights the only reason they have to return it is because of who they're... Because Um, Sorry, by ribis they don't have to return it because there's a drosha that it was given to their father willfully and there's a drosha on the father to return it, but they don't have to. Um, Whereas the mission is to do with Yerusha, that's that's where he would definitely say, Ok Bernard I just want to bring up this Toptosis is very interesting I'm not sure I didn't get a chance to think through it carefully how it stands in light of our conclusion but at least with the initial question um, Tospos ask a very strong question and they come out with an important uh, clarification in the principle of Yorish y- y- of, of, of Ribbis He says The time the the Kirushus Lokartam, I feel we love Khrushchev Lokatam. He says, well, how can Rami Barkhama learn from the case of Ribis that airs are like a new Rishus, like Loichim? Like he says, Why? I feel like Shuslokah Dami. Even if you don't say it's like a Rushuslokkayach, I see the Dupturian. It makes sense to say that the heirs should be potato from paying back rebiz. Why? Kim and Dimidata Nasan lo Lisnukabe Batoris Biz um Lisnukabe Batoris Gale Elabatoris Alvar. Since the father since the borrower gave it to their father willfully it's now in the hands of their father, and another Yerushim, as a, at most as a loan. Definitely not. Theft. And therefore they shouldn't have to um, be hived to pay because you can't collect an oral loan from Yerushim. So Tossus is asking, basically, this, the premise that we had that we struggled with is that ribbis is fundamentally different to theft. So just because you say by theft there's a reason to say that the heirs should return it and therefore by the fact that Al Mishnah says they don't must be because the Yor are like the Kuchos, a new But by ribis you, don't, ribis you don't have that. So now this is the point I wanted to bring out. from says, He says, No, you, have this, you could say that Even though it was given over voluntarily, the Torah views it as if he's holding on to it because it was given over under mistaken premises. Why? Mistaken premise. Why? Because he didn't give it as a gift. He gave it as... ribis. Um... And therefore, it says, if the theft is still in existence, So he says, and therefore, it says, if the money is in existence, therefore, the only reason the children should have to return it must be, you say, a Yoresh is a, a Loktaf, but what's fascinating is that Taurus, the Torahs are pointing out that if you holding on to Rebus, it's not like, you know, someone gave you something and maybe you shouldn't have asked for it, but they gave it to you willfully, etc. The Torah views it as if you're holding on to theft. That's how uh, that's how Torahs learn. Okay, let's carry on to the next point. We learned in know that if someone steals and then he feeds his feeds it to his children, they're exempt from paying back. If it's left before them, if they're adults, they're obligated to pay. If they're children, they're exempt from paying. Rashi straight away points out, why well, should there be a difference between adults and children? Must be like we're going to see later on in the death, like Sumchus who holds that you can never actually sue children. So that's why they're exempt if they're children. Says that's if the adults say, Well, we don't know that our father, the, the deals our father made with you, oh, we don't know that we're liable to pay, then they also exempt. What do you say? They say, We don't know what was going on, they exempt. exempt. Oh, someone comes to the estate and says, Your father stole from me, pay back, and what, is it? what do the children say? Well, we don't know what discussions took place between you and our father, we're not going to play. That's enough grounds to get him off. You have Bori, you have someone coming along very clearly and saying, your father stole from us. And you have the heir saying, well, we don't know what our father discussed with you. That's not grounds to let them off. No, so, this is what it's saying. No, we know the accounts. I mean, they were being rhetorical. Do we not know what's going on in our father's affairs? We know the calculation and our accounts, what's going on with our father, and you have nothing left by us. We know our father resolved the issue, he paid you back, or something like that. Um, and that's why they put to him. Rem- so they're not saying, well, we don't know, and therefore he's saying, okay, so this guy's definite and you don't know, so we're going to let you off. No, they're saying we know, and that's why they get uh, let off. If someone steals and then feeds it to his children, they are exempt from paying. But if he leaves it to them as Yerusha and they consume it, Whether you're talking about adults or whether you're talking about children, they are chayev. Now, the Gemara is going to ask besides for that, we've seen two opinions that we could learn that they potur to resolve the Gemara is going to ask another question on Azikazuke. Why should the children be liable? it's At worst, it's like they damaged. damaged. Their father stole a loaf of bread and they went and ate it. They're not thieves. What? They, they've damaged the bread. And we learned earlier in the Mesef that what happens if children cause damage? Bad luck. It's unfortunate. So, I know this is what it's saying. So If you left it before them and they still had not eaten it, Whether they're adults or whether they children, they are liable to pay. I, the novelty of this is that even Ketanim are liable to pay if the item is still in existence. Omar Rava Rava said hey, What happens if their father left a cow that he had borrowed? Okay, and we're not talking about theft, we're talking about borrowed. So bo kol yemei they can use it for the whole term of borrowing. Oh, their father borrowed it for a month, he died after 15 days. They can carry, in, carry on using it for 15 days, for another 15 days. Mesa, what happens if it now does? they're not responsible for the Oynes. Why? Because very interestingly, even though they're allowed to use it, they never ever spoke to the When someone borrows, generally you're liable for everything if you borrow, even for Oynes. But they never ever made that agreement with this guy. All they, they just, they found it in their father's property and they started amongst their father's assets and they started using it. Even if they know it was borrowed, they never accepted the responsibility. Um, just interesting, the Rosh adds, however, obviously the borrower can go and speak to him. says, I hear your father's died. He has this cow that I've lent to him. If you want to carry on using it, accept responsibility for it. The Rosh holds the father can do that. So this case then, according to the Rosh, is where he just left it with him. So therefore, they, never, they were allowed to continue using it because the, loyver, the, the lender never said anything. Uh, so they're allowed to continue using the cow. And they're not liable for answer because they never accepted it. what happens if they thought it was their father's cow and they shechtered it and ate it? So they pay the price of cheap meat. I'll come back to why cheap meat. But they not, you can't hold them accountable For killing borrowed property When they didn't know it was killing borrowed property It says However if the father left them Land They're obligated to pay Now just before we go any further Firstly I mean there are a few interesting points here One is that um, Firstly they never accepted Bos of the Zul You work out what's the cheapest that meat would cost we basically say if they were going, they would not necessarily have bought the cow to eat they would not necessarily have bought meat, it's very expensive but they had it here ready so they ate it, so what's the cheapest, if they saw meat for a certain price, what would that be, oh that's a deal I can't turn down, so they're walking through Moishi's and they see a label on the burgers what price, normally burgers are, I don't know Uh, 50 rand uh, for four, whatever it is, and now what price would they see on the burgers that they're like, we don't normally get, we can't afford it, but we'll definitely go for it. That's the price we're discussing, and that's, again, because they um, they they didn't, uh, they don't have to pay the full value um, because they uh, didn't know. And now we say that we then add on, if their father had property they have to return it. Now there's two is this that, is it going on where they borrowed it and it died if their father had property they have to return it or is it going on the safer if they sheffed it and ate it but their father let them land, they have to return it. So so some teach it on the ratio, I this that if it died they are not high for ein sin Rovers come and qualified by saying that's where there's no land. But if their father left them land, then they would be obligated to pay. And Rashi points out, this is because Rova holds. Now this is going to be a key point in the going ahead in the discussion and working out whether it's arguing on a or not. But Rashi, hold, Rashi points out, Rova holds. At what point is the someone who borrows a cow liable for it? Do we say he's only liable for it if something happens? What do we say? No, as soon as you borrow, you're accepting liability that either I'm going to return you this cow or, or you can collect from my assets. So Rafa holds with the latter that as soon as he borrows it, he's accepting upon himself, he's mortgaging his land to the borrowed item. So therefore, now it makes sense, okay? The father borrowed this cow and then he left it to his... and then he died... So the Yerushim are not responsible for the Oinsim because they never accepted it upon themselves. However, if their father left land, well, that land became mortgaged to pay back for the cow from while their father was still alive. So he says, But some teach it on the safer. Again, the safer was if they consumed it already um, and they're obligated to pay the cheap meat. So Rob is saying that if they inherited land, then they are high of, for the full value as they filling them their father's place. They, they, th- their father borrowed it. they continuing using it as borrowers. So they're obligated to pay when they shecht and eat it. Sorry, to pay with their father's land when they shecht and eat it because they're just carrying on where their father left off. Now, the one who learns it in regards to the ratio, how much more so in the safer. Since they hive if the animal died by itself, how much more so are they going to be liable if they... If they, if they actually shechted the animal themselves, it says the Rav Popa, and then we're arguing on Rav Popper Rav Papa is the one who argues on Rova. Rova is the one who came and had to introduce. Well, go by this concept that you view the his, the land is mortgaged to the borrowed item from the moment the loan it was borrowed. Whereas Rav Papa holds no, it's only from the moment that it dies. So therefore, the father's property was never mortgaged to the cow that was borrowed. And therefore, when it dies now in the hands of the Yoshin, they don't have to use the father's property to pay for it. According to the version that um, this point is going on the Sefer, but not on the Reisha, only where the children actually sheltered it themselves are they obligated to use their father's land to pay for it. Behind it, Rav Popper, that's like Rav Popper. Because there they're filling the father's place by and actively killing it. To be honest, I'm a little bit, it's not 100% clear to me. Um, okay, so not too problematic and not 100% clear. we we'll look at, I mean, look at the length of Rashi. That's um, the whole, but and look on the other side, you'll see Rashi, it's the whole bottom half of the page discussing this. Uh, it's actually also the next point, there's a lot of Rashi but um, basically (laughs) the the obligation to pay for Ointzin only takes effect when Oines happens out of their control we say a, a borrower is not only liable if he's careless and it gets lost or stolen, he's even liable if there's just about nothing he could do Except for very few scenarios, but basically even if there's nothing you can do, you're still able to replace it. When does that obligation kick in? So according to this version, it only kicks in when it does, then he's obligated to. When it's, this own sin happens, then he's obligated to replace it. But, so here, when the ones happens, the shul's no longer in existence because the father's no longer in the picture. It's the orphans. And they never ever accepted upon themselves anything. And therefore, this fits in with Rav Papa, And we're now going to bring how um, we see this Rav Papa. Cheers. Amen. Um, I better get the right. but, I'll tell you, oh, so, but what's not so clear to me is just that um, even though they shifted it, why should they be liable? I guess we could say because they destroying someone else's property and odom Maybe that's why. If it dies by itself, okay, that falls under. It's a borrowed item. Are the heirs responsible to use their father's property to pay for the borrowed the item their father borrowed? No. But if they actually shaft it, well, then they've actively damaged it and therefore they're liable. That's how I would um, learn it now that I think about it. Okay. Now we're gonna see the rapapa says the the Omar of Pop Rappa says, Hoy so porokanuvel over top so be shabbat. If someone had a cow that he had stolen, so he stole it on Friday. And then he shafts it on Shabbos, Chayab, he's liable, what's he liable for? The four or five fold. Yeah. It's a porof five, five times like you she say. far Hoisob, Koidem kaidem Khaya Big Neva, kaidem Shayovali shey- Day Yeshu Shabbas. Because he was already liable for the theft either Karen and the Kepel, on Friday, before he transgressed Shabbos. Again, if he transgresses the theft and the, and the Shabbos at the same time, then we say, come, labor you know, he's only liable for Misa, for Shabbos. But here he had already transgressed, stolen. Oh, what about, why should he be liable to the fivefold payment? Isn't that being incurred at the same time as the Isu Shabbos? No, because he actually started the process on Friday. I don't know, let's ask. Could be. So Rashi, Rashi, I'm not saying that's wrong, but Rashi gives a different answer. Rashi explains it's a knas. Okay. And knas has a different status. It's not a monetary payment in place where he's being, where he's okay. also incurring debt. It's a knas, and a knas, we don't have that principle, so it would be hard. Now, hois al parash al ulelo if the cow, if he had borrowed the cow, and he slaughters it on Shabbos, he's exempt from paying back the Kawasha. Shabbos for Ishu because Shabbos and Gnaber, the Shabbos and shecht in the cow come at the same time. Oh, so this is the answer. When the orphans shecht the cow, it's as if they stole it. Okay, but the important point for us is what do we see if Papa holds? When do, they, when do you incur liability for, for a borrowed item? When it's inadverted commas being stolen, when the in, when you're no longer going to give the item back, that's when you incur responsibility. So that's what we're saying. When the orphans incur the responsibility, is they don't have to use their father's land to pay it back. Amtana Rabonin, next point. You must return the lost, the stolen item which is stolen. Atom, why does it have to specify which is stole? Yes, it can You must return it as you stole. We can't Therefore, from here they said, if someone steals and feeds it to their son, to their children, they're exempt from paying. The children are exempt from paying because they. There's nothing to return as is. However, if you left it before them, whether they children or, or adults, they obligated. Now again, why should they be obligated? In the name of Sumchus, they said, We'll see why Sumchus are different. But again, if the father left it to them then either you can learn like Rami Bar Chama it's before Yayush, or you can even learn like Rava that it's after Yayush. but the Atom is still there and they're obligated to return it because it's there in existence and where Sumcha says there's a difference between an adult and a child but we'll see that shortly. Bar bar Chama O'Darib Yimri Torah Gali Ape the son of the father-in-law of Rebbe slammed the door in the face to Rebbe of Rebbe Ayrashi basically explains, Rebbe was coming claiming that, you know, this house you're living in, your, my father-in-law, your father, so he's dealing with his brother-in-law, your, oh, my, um, your father gave it to me, and sold it to me. And the child slams the door in his face, there's not a chance, it's mine, I'm keeping it. And he did not. So, Asa he came before Rabbi Yami, and Omru Sheloihu Toveya says, uh, Well, he's claiming his own item Rabbi there's nothing you can do. He's claiming, he says, He says, I'll bring a I'll bring witnesses that I have a chazoka. I'll bring witnesses, don't want to go into the discussion of chazoka now. I'll bring witnesses that, it's that show that I lived in it as the owner, and the father in law never complain so it proves that i'm the owner i i can't i've lost the title deed but i can prove that i've been living in it like the owner it says my shalom baldin you can't accept Aiden when it's not before the baldin and a katan is as if he's always a not there ah you can only accept i can only basically what you're saying i can only accept adim to sue to sue this katan for his things to, to sue for this house if the baldin the defendant is there being a child it's as if he's not there therefore I'm sorry Rabbi, Rabbi, you're stuck you can't it won't help to bring aliens but what do you mean you can never sue katanim we just torture a braise so that whether they're children whether they're adults or whether they're children they're obligated to pay so he says yeah well you now on other sides of so Sumchus says Katanim can't pay, and I'm going like Sumchus, and yeah, you're right. The other opinion says Katanim can do. Says Omer Yiflul Kuli Alma V'Koyvah la So what, all of a sudden, the whole world switched teams and now go like Sumchus. Is it just to take money from me? He's, uh, he's like, what do you mean? You, so why are you going like Sumchus? What about all the other opinions? So Adahachi Igalgel milsa asa umatelekamid In the interim, this matter reached Rabbi Avow. Omar and he said, "Loi shemir lechu Hodrav Yosef Barchama. Have you not Amr Rebboshaya? Have you not heard for this teaching that Rabbi Yosef Barchama said the name of Rebboshaya? To Amr Rabbi Yosef Barchama, Amr Rebboshaya. Tinoch she'takaf ba'avodav, ba'avodav yereidu talisara shel chaverah va'Amr shel ibu. If a children gathers his slaves and he goes to his friend and his field and he basically tries to take it by force, that's what he's done with his slaves and he says it's my field." You don't say, leave the child there until he grows up. You extract it from the child immediately. And then when he's older, he'll bring aid in and we'll look into it. So, what do we see? You can extract property from a child and resolve it properly when they are an adult. So, look, Moran says, Chazoka d'Avuah. There, they take it from him because he doesn't have the chazaka of it being his father's. I, this orphan's acting out of the chazaka. He's coming onto this guy's property and kicking him off, saying it's my property. However, in our case, Aval d'Avuah In the case of Rabbi Yirmiya, the child has a chazaka from his father. I, he has good grounds to be there and therefore we can't kick him off ok that's the point now again along similar lines but a new point Omar Ravashi, Omar Reb Shabtai Avashi said in the name of Reb Shabtai you can accept aid him when the defendant's not there tohi boi Rabbi Yochanan baldin was very bewildered can you accept aid him before a baldin now this is quite interesting, that just the people involved in this discussion are interesting. Ravashi, at least the Ravashi that we know lived, is the last of the Amorayim. He's in about the year 500. Rabbi Yochanan is from the first generation of Amorayim. In some ways he even learned by the Tanayim. So he's uh, 300 years before that. So how can you have Ravashi coming and saying something, Mekabeli ma'adim shelobi v'nei baldin and Rabbi Yochanan responding. So that's why some changed the Girsa to Rabbi Asi, or some say it must be a different ravashi. But yeah, that's just interesting and from a historical and the, the, y'all yeah, could this discussion have ever taken place? It says okay, kiblu minay Rabbi Yosi baldin, kiblu minay Rabbi Yosi b'chalgena. Rabbi Barchanina bar received uh, a way to explain this The defendant was sick Or the aidim were sick Or the aidim were going overseas So they sent for the defendant and he didn't come Or he couldn't come That's where you accept aidim Shaloi Bafanov. And that makes sense. Why? Because this guy needs to resolve the issue. If it's not resolved now, while there these aidim around, what's going to happen? The guy's going to get to keep it, and he's no longer going to have aid him to prove it. So therefore, even if the Baal the defendant is not coming to court. In this case, you can judge him. You can judge with. You can accept the him, judge against him without him. It says Amr Abi Yehuda Amr Shmuel Makabim Aedim Shalayiv Nei Bal Din. Rabbi Yehuda says Nei Mos you can accept Aedim when the defendant is not there. Omar Amr Marukva Liddidim Afoshelim Nei De Shmuel. Marukva said it was explained to me in the Nei Mos Shmuel or Shmuel explained to me. Kagan to Potchu Le This is where they already opened the case. the Le and they sent to the defendant. For the Asean he didn't come. Aval Lo Potchu Le If they hadn't already opened the case. You know what, I actually want to go to the um, I'm not uh, I'm not uh, getting involved in a court case here I want to go to the San- ha- the high ha- court Well then even if they already started the court case either guy went and he brought his aid him and then they summoned him to court they've already opened the open the case. Why can't he say, I don't want to be judged here, I want to go to the high court? So, Omar to knock disk in the where he has a, di- a, di- a disc from the Bayesian The disc is, is a document from the Bayesian Agarwal saying, we want this court to judge it. I, they're on the ground, they know what's going on, we want them to judge it. Once they've opened that case, then this guy can't come along and say, no, I'd rather go to the Bayesian so Agarwal. He says, okay, Omar Rav. Just to clarify, but I'm not going to do it now, is there a shmuel? This that that opened the court case is where um, you can judge before the defendant. Is not necessarily Audion Ravashi who says that if the, if the ADIM can't come to court or the defendant can't come to court, then we open it in. I'll just say that because there, here, it could be even where the defendant could come. If he refuses to, or if they've already opened the court case and he's not coming, then they can open it. In the above case, it's where the ADM are going to disappear or the defendant's going to disappear and it's going to be harder to judge the case. There, you can judge without it. You don't have to have opened the case to start the judgment. Is you know, there's only, uh, there's only one person being like what case. normally has got to be both. Well, oh, so the plaintiff, the the claim, the guy suing in court, he has to be there. He's the one taking going to court. Cheers, have a good day. He's the one going to court and taking them to court, so he has to be there. The the question is on the defendant. So the standard is is that the defendant has to be there. Basically, can't go through the procedure when he's not there. Um, no, because what I think happens is the guy goes to court. He said He goes to the and he says, uh Ruben's stolen from me, Ruben's borrowed money and he's not returning, whatever. I want to open the case. And they won't accept any testimony or anything, but then they will summon the defendant. So I think you can open the case without him being there without aiding. Otherwise, what's going to get into court? Yeah. You can't have the case with mm. No, but so you but you yeah, open the case yeah. and then you and then based in summons him. Says, m- m- you can verify This is the whole din of Qum. Rabbi en- m- says, you cannot verify star if the din is not there. So I want to I have a loan document. I'm worried that the ADM signed on it they're going overseas or something, so I want to verify them I and you get the three judges to verify the signatures or someone else to verify the signature before and then they verify the document. So um Rebyotalan says you can't do that unless he's the Omular Chaser's Reb Yossi. Baravur, Rabsheisha says to Rabbi Yosef Baravur, Espera Cholotami Rabbi I'll explain to you the reason behind Rabbi Ochanan. On my krol, the posik says, The word bavala, belo You warn the owners and they weren't there. This is in the case of the Shomwad, but basically you always have to warn the owners. You have to warn the owner. This guy's a, verifying a star that's going against you. So Om Rotorah, Yavo Balashorah, Yamud al Shoref. Sorry, that posik is the owner of the ox will come. And stand by his ox. The owner has to be there, the person being affected, and that we extend from a shormuah to all cases. Okay, but now, Omar Robber Robert, Robert heals the Makamish Shashar Shalom if they says the halokha is you can verify Ashtar even when the Baal Din is not there, and even stronger, even if he's standing and shouting. Uh, you have this guy standing and says, That document you're verifying against me, I that I owe money, is forged. Don't verify don't verify it. So he's standing there shouting that. Too bad they can still verify it. Of the However, if he's proactive and he says, you know give me a mo- give me a little bit of time to get my witnesses and um, and disqualify the shtar, we give him the time. I so say if he's just shouting it's a forgery, it's a forgery mm-hmm. base, then we'll go ahead and verify it. However, if he says you're not, I can prove it. Give me a week to get to contact Adim or whatever. whatever. Then uh, give me time to contact Adim. Then we do give him the time. And we're going to see a bit later how long we would give him, etc. So, if he comes and he brings Adim, then he's come. Very good. What happens if he doesn't come? So, we give him a Monday, a Thursday, and a Monday. Like a week and a half to come back. The ilo asa pesicha ilua tishinyomim. And if he still, and if he doesn't come within that time, again, he said, give me time to get witnesses, and, I come, and he hasn't come, then we excommunicate him for 90 days. So now, this is all before we allow the the there, or the person who's owed the money, to go and attach his property. Again, you go to the lover and you want the borrower, and you want him to pay, him, and he says, you know, give me time to disqualify that shtar. So he said, you give him 90 days before the Milva is allowed to go and take land. That's, and we're going to explain now. We don't... We, the first 30 days, we're not going to put him in Kherem because maybe he's saying, you know what, I'm trying to borrow other money to pay back my loan. It says, Sorry, so you're not allowed to attach the assets. He's in Khair, but you're not allowed to attach that. The next 30 days, we don't allow the borrower to extract the money because he could say, look, I didn't find anyone who would lend me money. As you can see, I'm quite a difficult person. (laughs) I'm struggling to back back my one loan. No one would lend me money. So I've been trying to sell off my assets to raise the funds. Therefore, you can't take his land yet. He says, uh, um, he, and then the last 30 days, from day 60 to 90, or 61 to 90, you also can't let him attach assets because he says, I found someone to buy my property. They're just trying to raise the funds. It's like when you put in an offer for, the home, for, your, for a home and then you go to the bank and you've got to get your loan. So, you have like a time, you say, I'm buying your house on condition I'm able to secure the funds within a month or however long it is. And that's here, uh, and then if he doesn't come, you write a document that he can seize his assets. So he gets, and that's why he gets 90 days before you seize his assets. This is all where he said, I'll come to court. What happens? He says, I refuse to come to court. Immediately you write this document. And this is all again with a loan. Where he borrowed money and now he has to pay it back. That's where we give him 90 days. With the deposit, where I mean, he should have the actual item in existence, we write that he can extract it um, immediately. We only write this Adrachta, this Adrachta on land and not on Metaltilin. Why? Because maybe the lender will consume the Metaltilin, Sahadi Midi And when the loive Um when the Loive comes and proves that the Shtar was false, there's nothing for him to collect. Uh, if you allow the Milveh to take land, well then that land will still be there yeah, if he proves it. So, so he can get it back if he proves the, the loan document to be false. But if it was... Uh, no really need Yeah. It says, But if the Milve has his own land, then you can write it. It says, and that's not halofa You don't write an adracht on a mataltei even if the loiver has land, because we're concerned that. The, the, sorry, even if the lender has land, because we're concerned it will go cheaper. And let's say the lo- the loan's for two million, and there is land for two million. What happens if that land goes down to one point five million? Then the loiver proves that it was a false star and now he's only able to collect 1, 000, 1.5 million. That's not fair. Again, if it's his land, it's not a problem, because his land's worth 2 million, and that's confiscated and given to the mill there. So whatever it is, he'll get his land back if he proves the star wrong, so that's why. So the key Ley, You do have to give the borrower warning that you've written the adrachta. Bahani Mili the that's where the borrower is close enough that you can give him warning. but if he's far away, you don't have to give him warning. I don't remember why do you have to give him warning? I don't remember. Okay. It says, um the however, even if the loiver is far away, the ika and he has relatives who would go visit him. Awesome, or there's wagons that would uh, caravans, uh groups of people that travel to that faraway place. Then Mashinele Tracey Yarche Shossa, you give him twelve months at the Ozliva Isi Shayosa, time for the caravan to go and come back. Kihoder Ravvina Shoholmaracha trace Yarche Shosa Ad the Ozliva Isisami Bekhozai. Like we saw Ravina wait waited wait this twelve months for Rab Acha to be warned. Velohi but that's not true. <speaking in Hebrew> there, the reason we waited a year was because they were powerful people. If you would give them that drachta, you'd never be able to get it back from them. So therefore, you want to delay giving them the Adrachta. It says, <speaking in Hebrew> But here, we're not going to make the milveh wait that long. <speaking in Hebrew> How long you give the St based in that he would leave let's say on Tuesday, come back on Wednesday, and sit in court on thursday that 's how long we give if if that can be if the loiver can be notified within that time, then you give him the notification that you 're putting out this document to seize his assets. but if you can 't be told in that time you wouldn't again unless it 's the sort of person that you 're trying to you're reluctant to give him that draft because it's going to be very difficult to get it back from him if you if in see reason to change. Um, this Shlia is believed like two witnesses. That's regarding putting the loybe in Khayrem But in regards to um, this uh, his service fees. You're making him pay for the fees. Since you're going to cause him a loss of money because you want him to pay for the scrub, you can't just um, rely on the Shteach Bezdin. You need two witnesses to it. Okay, and we'll leave it there for today.